Welcome to the Red Carpet Cafe with your hosts, Eric Root and Bree Prout. Greetings, programs. You are listening to the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. And today we are going to talk about Tron. Encom and Tron. Well, mostly Tron. We're going to talk Tron, the original film, 1982, and also Tron Legacy, which is the more recent of the two films, but we're going to go in order. 2010. Oh, there you go, 2010. Um, which I also saw in 3D, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Love yeah, watching it. I know I saw it in theaters, but I just... It was so long ago. Okay. So, the uh, the first one is about a computer hacker that is abducted into the digital world and forced to participate in gladiatorial, gladiator... Gladiator-style <laughs> games. Um, where his only chance of escape is with the help of a heroic security program. Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, were the two main uh, players in this film. Um, but we also had David Warner, who played Ed Dillinger, and also uh, was in the program um, working for the Master Control Unit, the MCU. Or Master Control Program, MCP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, MCP, yep. Yeah, so this film is interesting, and I remember watching it as a kid in the theater. My dad took me to it, and I was starting to get into the sci-fi side. I'd already seen Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, and uh remember thinking, like, wow, this is so cool how they did it. It was so cutting edge when you see Jeff Bridges get pulled into... Mm-hmm the uh, computer mainframe because the MCP uh, doesn't like his character, Kevin Flynn, and is trying their hardest to be able to uh, keep secret the fact that they stole Kevin Flynn's idea. And the MCP was getting so smart that he knew uh, that if he could bring this person from the real world into the computer... And ultimately just try and knock him off. He could have free reign at some point if he ever had access to the total mainframe of the known world network at that point. Now, internet wasn't really a thing. But interconnected computers, especially business and finance, were. Many things about this film that now you look back and go... Wow, they needed a whole building just to be able to run a single computer. <laughs> but they did break it down into different levels. Though Dillinger's office had like cutting-edge tech for its mm-hmm. time that didn't really seem to exist anywhere else. And that's what mm-hmm. made, it, made it quite interesting. When was the last time you had seen this film? I just saw the original Tron um, within the last two weeks. Okay, so first that was time my first, Yeah, that was my first time seeing it. So um, that definitely puts me at a disadvantage in that I could not appreciate it for what it was, um, being that I wasn't watching it in the right time. Okay. And well, I guess what I mean by that is seeing it in the 80s or even the early 90s before we had the technology that we have today, like, 
it's pretty phenomenal. But I shouldn't say phenomenal. It's pretty cool. Well, um, sure. It, like the light cycles mm-hmm. and the games that they did play. Mm-hmm. I also the was ideas a fan. Themselves. Yeah, I was also a fan of the arcade game. Mm-hmm. Dropping the quarters. The, mm-hmm. the one part of the video game that always caused me problems was the tank war. Tank versus tank. I always had difficulties with the shooting and the angle. Um, but the scene near the end of the film where Tron is going into the MCP area and holding up the disc to communicate with Alan on the outside mm-hmm. and to be able to, to get the network corrected and, and such. In the video game, it's a picture, like this little, you know, 8 or 16 bit Tron moving around and he's shooting his little disc as he goes from side to side trying to find an area that he could finally get that communication through. That was my favorite part of the video game. <laughs> Light cycles, I, have... I always seem to have problems trying to uh, get the bikes to coordinate properly based on the controller, but I mean, okay. it's just my dexterity issue. Did the video game come out after the movie? How was it the other way around? No, I, I want to say that they both dropped almost simultaneously. Okay. Because they managed to incorporate it in the movie, so it did exist. Right. Uh, well, and then, of course, in the 2010 film, they had the video game in Flynn's Arcade mm-hmm. uh, that we'll talk more about in a bit. But I think they came out at almost the same time. And I remember drop, dropping a lot of quarters when I was a kid trying to play that game. Or, or we would go to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't even know if that still exists now that the pandemic has killed a lot of businesses. <laughs> but um, I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese on the free play thinking, well, this is the greatest game ever on free play. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what did you what did you think, though... Um, now, I mean, you kind of mentioned earlier, did you notice that they had introduced, like, some of the, quote, program characters, like Clue? Mm-hmm. And the yeah. first one? Yep. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. then he takes on a whole new dimension in yep. the second in film. In the second one, yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I... Yeah, so I only, again, I only recently saw the original, so... Uh... Kind of ironically, uh, seems to be the theme as of late. Um, there are two colors at play in this movie. Yeah. And that's the blue blue. and the red. And that's how you can, again, differentiate between, um, who's who, whether they're, um, you know, the good guys or the bad guys. Um, and gosh, it's really hard to reference one and not talk about the other right away. Um, yeah, I, I found some humor in, um, so even just today, I was kind of playing around and rewatching this original one, um, just after having rewatched Legacy, just to kind of go back and forth. And um, I, I, I found the humor so much in Jeff Bridges' character as he was playing Clue in the beginning, while he was before he was on the inside, um, and kind of bossing Clue around and telling them like, you know, butts are for the 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 users and you're, you're the program. Like you, you just got to do what I'm saying. And Jeff Bridges playing both of those roles and how dramatic 
Clue was as a character, but how it might seem silly to me now, but I know that had I seen this when it came out, again, it sets the two apart. It sets Mm -hmm. the real real world apart from video games, because video games are, you know, a dramatic thing. Um, but I thought it was really cool to see how he was playing those two characters and how, even though it was the same actor, they were very different. It was right. the representation of him. Essentially, it was like him on the inside. It was his mind, and he created this program to represent himself. Um, and, you know, and Alan had Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... I enjoyed it in getting the backstory because for me, my introduction to Tron was Tron Legacy back in 2010 when I saw it in theaters, Um, which, and I thought it was really cool. These action scenes, the speeding bikes, the idea of being inside this program, but now having watched Tron and really understanding where it all came from, I would feel pretty confident in saying that I feel like this is kind of ahead of its time too. And like the concept and like, the the graphics aren't phenomenal, but it was 1982, and this idea and this world that they created, and that it was such a um, a dynamic concept that they were able to even come out with legacy later. Yeah, yeah, and I think that when it came to releasing legacy, they had waited long enough and Mm -hmm. the technology had come such a long way for me tron holds some special kind of spot in my heart and you know when this film came out i would have been 10 years old at the time and my father and i went and saw it in the theater and i thought wow this is an incredible film and you know granted i'm 10 years old and i probably thought a lot of things were amazing but i was enamored by it to the point where i don't know if it was the year after the movie came out or maybe the same year um the family would take the uh annual summer trip in the car with all the cousins and such to go down to anaheim because i lived in san jose california at the time as a kid and on the people mover is uh, where they had the Tron sequence, which I always loved. Even though the people mover, we all know it moves slow. If you've gone to Disney World and been on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the TTA, if you will, Tomorrowland Transit Authority, that in Anaheim they had a, an area where it would run along the track in Tomorrowland, but then it would go into the building, and then it would hear the announcement from the MCP voice that you've entered the world of Tron, and then all of a sudden you would be moving in the car, and next, all around you was like a projection where it seemed like the light cycles were moving fast right next to you, even though you're creeping along, but mm-hmm. it, gave you, it gave you that sensation, and then uh, you would see, you know, some of the, you know, uh, vehicles and such, like, shooting at each other, not in the light cycle, but as it would transition to another scene. I always thought that was the coolest thing. And then when it came out on VHS, the uh, one video store that was in town, because they didn't have Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or any of those other places, they had like a couple of copies. Hollywood Video. Right. right. (laughs) They only had a couple of copies. So when we rented it, it was a big deal, and you didn't want to return it late because the late fees were bad. But when we had it, I would watch it two, three times 
and my dad would periodically rent it when I'd be like, yeah, I really want to see Tron again. <laughs> so loved, loved, loved that film. Um, I don't know that we need to go too far in depth in that particular one. It's a classic. It really is. You can see it on Disney Plus if you, mm-hmm. for our two and a half listeners. I don't, honestly, I don't know how many people actually are going to listen to this. 300. Right there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you can watch it on Disney Plus or um, buy it. I'm sure by now you can probably get it for not that much on the Apple Store, iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I'm not even going to quantify it with a rating. I'm, I'm not. not. I, I think um, it falls into the classics, and I'm biased. Yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> This wasn't a part of my life growing up, um, so I, it'd be really hard for me to give it a um, don't ruin a the fair magic. review. <laughs> a what? Right. Don't ruin the magic. Yeah, it, it'd be really hard for me to give it a, a fair review, just because I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like you need to see one in order to watch the other, either in either direction. I don't think sure. you need to see Tron in order to see Tron Legacy, and I don't think that you need to watch Tron Legacy after you've watched Tron. Um, but I do like the continuation of the story. I like that. I feel like this is another one of those things that um, that parents could have connected with, or like even older siblings could have connected with their other siblings or children. Um, and like, you know, when I was a teenager, this came out and it was really cool. Now you're a teenager and this one came out like, oh, let's go and see it. I think you're really going to like it. Um, that's really the only, like, I guess feelings that it gave me. Um, but I did like watching a young Jeff Bridges. I, I'm so used to, you know, I think of like, um, like, instantly like when i think of him and his beard i i i'm gonna be in the minority here but i think of um true grit sure but he's that's, aged that's a, well too oh but yeah. yeah he was very charismatic as a young actor yeah totally uh, different from like the calm cool collected that i came to like see him as like the big lebowski <laughs> that that's what I, I knew like everyone else that's what they were going to reference when i'm like i'm going to be in the minority here that i think of like true grit but like okay. but i do like when i think of him and i think of true grit even though that it's a very recent movie i've seen plenty of jeff bridges movies but like that one I, i'm a huge fan of um and and who he is and how he his demeanor and everything is just totally different from like this this young stud okay so, so tron legacy um, the synopsis on that is uh, Sam, who's the son of the famous video uh, game developer Kevin Flynn, played by, again, Jeff Bridges, has been haunted for a long time by his father's mysterious disappearance. Mm-hmm. A strange signal draws Sam to Flynn's arcade, and he mm-hmm. is pulled into the same cyber world in which his father, its creator, has been trapped for 20 years. Mm-hmm. With fearless warrior Cora played by Olivia Wilde. Kevin and Sam seek to escape from a universe that, while magnificent, is far more advanced and dangerous than Kevin had ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Now, this film, it's, uh, you know, obviously it starts off with the interaction of a very CG, to make him look younger, a CG uh, Bridges. 
But they actually but did a really good back. job. Yeah, they did. That's true. They did she a really good job, though, because this is, like, early stages. 2010 is early stages of doing CG age mm-hmm. reversing. Mm-hmm. But they did pretty well. Um, you know, you get to the point where Sam gets pulled into the computer. My biggest complaint, though, he... <laughs> okay, so Sam... No. Alan, played by Bruce Boxleitner from the original film, mm-hmm. gets a page yep. on a pager. Now, for the people who aren't familiar with what pagers are, <laughs> you used to pick up a corded phone, probably putting in some coin, you'd dial a phone number, and then you'd put in your phone number to be reached at, and it would send a signal to someone's page. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, and then you would be like, oh, I got paged. So, anyways, Alan's rocking the <laughs> 1980s technology, mm-hmm. gets a page, and the page is basically saying, hey, you need to go to Flynn's Arcade. And about Flynn's Arcade being still there, but not open and shut, and he's able, Sam gets there, and he can turn on the lights like someone's been paying the bills. But his dad's been missing for his dad's been missing for like twenty years. Who the hell's paying the bills on this stuff? He is. I like that's how I would view it. Like I would think that like it's the one last like he's kind of like pulled away from the company because right. it reminds him of his dad. Like this is the one thing that he can still hang on to that is there, but doesn't have to be a part of. Okay. Because then he'd be completely letting go of his dad. So I. I 100% see where you're coming from, but I would be inclined to believe that he's just been paying it from his, you know, his trust fund. Okay, so he doesn't even realize he realizes that he goes over to the Tron arcade game, wants to play it, puts his quarter in, the quarter falls out. Oh, look at that, a hidden door. It's a door. special quarter, it's a special quarter. It's the quarter that his dad gave him mm. the last night he saw his dad. All right, fair enough. But he goes, oh, look, there's a hidden door behind the video game and let's go walk down the creepy corridor maybe dad's hiding in the basement for the last 20 something years so uh, before you say anything he goes down there he's using his computer and all of a sudden the mcp pulls him in or clue pulls him into the computer world because you know clue has his hidden agenda here's where i also kind of questioned sam goes into the grid He's in a grid version of Flynn's Arcade, which is mm-hmm. cool looking. It looks just like Flynn's Arcade, but it's in, in the grid in, in the computer world. And he walks immediately out in the street, and two seconds later he's picked up by clues, thugs, warriors, and taken off in you know their futuristic computer craft. And I'm like, if you don't know where you're going, do you just walk into something to look around, or do you kind of maybe assess the situation? Open the door, maybe? Hold out a mirror if you had one on you, kind of see if there's anything <laughs> going on out there? Paranoid much? Well, <laughs> he's picked up literally like two seconds after he walks out onto the grid street. I figured he'd have maybe ten minutes of hide-and-go-seek and then try to figure out something, then he'd get pulled into custody. It's inevitable he's going to get pulled into custody. But I didn't think he would get pulled in so quickly. 
Hey everybody, this is Eric Root from the Red Carpet Cafe, and I've got some money-saving tips, or even better, some rebates for you. I use a program called Fetch Rewards. It's available on the Android and the Apple App Store. With Fetch Rewards, whenever you make a purchase, anywhere, get a receipt, take your receipt, and upload it to Fetch Rewards. You get anywhere from five to 25 points per receipt sometimes more if it happens that whatever you're purchasing is like a preferred item they have bonus points and use my referral code it's j as in james 533 the letter y j533y you'll get 2000 bonus points just for signing up and anytime you refer a friend you also get an additional 2000 points but what can you do with the points, you ask? Well, it's really simple. With as little as 3,000 points, you can convert those points into actual e-gift cards that you can use. And I've done that. I usually save mine up because I spend way more time on Amazon.com than I probably need to. But I take those bonus points and I get Amazon e-gift cards so that I can use them for literally anything. They give you the code via email you turn around and put that code into your personal Amazon account in this case but there's more than just Amazon there are restaurants movie theaters quite a few different things that you can look at taking and converting those rewards and getting gift cards for so check it out fetch rewards and don't forget to use my referral code okay. what are you going to say <laughs> well I'm going to kind of trace everything that you kind of went through. So, cause I feel differently about all of it. Like I, I, I see what you're seeing, but I feel differently. Um, so you're being too nice about it. Be like, I disagree. I disagree. So, right. <laughs> so I like the, like, so, okay. I'm going to go back to the pagers. So Alan gets paged and comes to tell Sam and Sam's kind of like, what the heck's a pay? Like what? I don't, what? And so he explains that that be, it, it's him holding on to the memory as well of Kevin Flynn. It's you know when your dad took over, he gave me a pager and told me to keep it on morning, noon, and night. And so he always has. He's kept it next to his bed. So and the disappearance of Kevin Flynn, um, no one really knows what happened. Some people might you know. He, a lot of people are disputed as like a disappearance in and of itself where like Sam at one point he was like, you know, he's either dead or he's in Costa Rica. Like he believes that his dad has just he said left or him. both. Or both. Or both. You're right. He did. Um so that's kinda like the pager thing. So like when he gets paged, he's like, It's from your dad's arcade office. And that's why he's like, Sam, I want you to go and check it out. Like you should be the one to go and check it out, which in the back of my mind for a while, because in the beginning and the opening sequences, when they explain that Kevin Flynn has gone missing and that Alan becomes kind of like the guardian and like of Sam in a way. I mean, he stays with his grandparents, but, um, you know, you learn that, you know, when he's 12, he loses his grandparents. So like Alan kind of took like the pseudo dad for him and was going to be the chairman of the company. And they show him like pushing Sam into the car to, in theory, like, keep the media away from him because he's just a kid, and he looks so angry. 
So there was a piece of me through the whole movie that thought up and up until the reveal of Clue that thought that Alan has he knows what's going on. He's got something to do with this. Like he knows where Kevin went. He knows that the game took him. Maybe he like took the game. Um, but anyway, so I, I, so when he's like, no, Sam, I want you to go. I'm like, uh-huh, of course he wants Sam to go. Like, what's going on here, you know? So when he gets there and he puts the quarter in, like, that kind of touched my, my little tiny Grinch heart. Cause it's the quarter from his dad when he was like, we're going to play again, son. Okay. So that was kind of foreshadowing, right? You know, he puts the quarter in and it doesn't take the quarter, um, which for whatever reason, it doesn't take the quarter. And when he goes to pick it up, he sees those grooves in the ground. That's why he knows to move the the game. So he moves okay. that. He sees the door, and he's like, "Okay, like, Dad's gotta be here. Like, has this is this where he's been hiding all this time? You hiding know, in a shelter with a yeah, bunch this of, like, bomb uh, shelter underneath the arcade. Like, what's going on? Do <laughs> yeah, Twinkies are supposed to last forever." Right. So, you know, he goes down there and he sits at the game and I'm still like debating whether or not like the stuff that he was typing in is what activated the system, the laser to get him into the game or if it was in fact Clue. Um, I don't know. I can tell you right now. No, it was Clue. I mean, even Kevin Flynn says later in the film that Clue is the one that brought you here. Well, that's because of the page. He didn't send the page. Clue sent the page. So then all of the stuff that he's typing in on that computer, I feel like that activated. I don't know. Okay. That's all right. my thought. So when he gets there and he turns around and he's in like this futuristic, non-dusty version of the room that he was just in, he's kind of like looking for his dad. Like, dad's here. Where is he? I'm coming for you. So when he walks out and sees that it's Flynn... And keeps walking, he's like realizing, cause just as he sits down at the computer, he looks at the grid, like there's a map of the grid that his dad has created. Right. So when he's there, I think that he's coming to the realization of like, holy crap, like I'm on the grid. Mm-hmm. And so he's so like, perple- like perplexed and shocked and excited and all the other emotions of holy crap. So, yeah, he gets picked up and taken away. And he gets on the ship thing, and I don't even remember what they're called, because they grab him and they make him get on there. They, like, lock him into place. Because he was out there for two seconds, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, we're from NBC's To Catch a Predator. Let's pull you (laughs) off this ship and and take you away. I'm defending him not being skeptical, just walking straight out there. I would have, too. I'd have been like... Whoa! All right. Okay. So <laughs> they take him though, and yep. then they decide whether or not he's going to be. You know, they're trying to pick whether or not they're going to repurpose programs or mm-hmm. put him in the games. So they say we're going to put you in the games. All right. right. So they shove him into this this area, and then the you know, all I can describe him as is fembots come uh, rolling yep. out. And then they uh, basically cut his clothes off of him, and I'm like, "Where are they going with this?" He said, and, they're, "They're they're they're like sirens," and he's like, hey, uh, "I have zippers, or the, they're called zippers, or something." Right. Like that. So they cut his clothes off of him and strap on the uh, padding that turns into the uh, you know game gear that you need, mm-hmm. gives him an identity disc, and you know, then of course there's that moment where 
you know, hot fembot goes by the name of Jem, the blonde that yeah, looks yeah. at him as just like you're you're special, right? Sure, it's like Tinder special or something. Yeah, there, yeah, there's something different about him. They say. Yep, and so he goes out and he plays the games and he realizes, whoa, they're playing for real. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and take back my invitation to play in these amazing sporting events and. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and go find Papa. Mm-hmm. But of course he comes into play uh, meeting up with uh, Clue at some point. Yeah, it's, it's during those games. When he wins right. the game, he announces who he is and he's like, bring him to me. And then Clue, Somehow, you know, yeah. gives that whole, he, he thinks it's his dad. And he's like, wow, dad, you look exactly like you did back in, you know. The 80s. Late, <laughs> late 80s and. Oh, that's the thing. I'm not your dad. Oh, your clue. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. Ding, 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 ding. And then uh, they're like, "Well, guess what? We're gonna go ahead and put you out on the uh, the bike, the bike race." And then uh, he has to, you know, it's one of the coolest scenes in the movie. It is, but of course, Clue has his crew that he brings out, his elites with their bikes, and then the uh, you know fake Star Trek away team basically say, "Hey, guess what?" Uh, their bikes are faster, so you're going to have to use everything to your advantage if you're going to do anything on it. And, uh, of course... Meanwhile, those, he's been riding a Ducati in the real world, so he's good to go. Well, all those white shirt ensigns, none of them end up making it past, uh, you know, the tail end. And then it goes into that kind of one-on-one between Clue and Sam until Cora shows up, played by the beloved Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Um, who at that time was in, I feel like, almost everything. Like, she was in House, and mm-hmm. then that movie popped. And um, But anyways, so she comes, rescues him, brings him back to Dad. At first, Dad gives this awkward hug, and then you're like, oh, he's really genuinely happy. But then he feels aloof through, like, the dinner and, uh, yeah, no, this is where I uh, created stuff. And, uh, yeah, I didn't think you were going to be here. Didn't think I'd ever see you again. Mm-hmm. Read some Jules Verne. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like he's he's accepted his fate. He's been there for so long because he said years in there is hours in the real world. And, I mean, at this point, he's been there for 20 years. Yeah. And so after, you know, dinner cut short, Wait, favorite line. Uh, you're kind of messing with my zen here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did create, you know, everything in that world. Mm-hmm. And um still can't quite figure out, though, why would you create or need water in uh, an electronic world? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's just supposed to be CG water. Maybe. Uh, I guess I didn't put a lot of thought into that. Is it water short out circuits? <laughs> Touche. Uh, one thing, though, that I wanted to mention that we kind of went right past was um, in the beginning mm-hmm. when um, when the company is getting ready to make this like really big decision and debut their yeah. newest. What's that? No, go ahead. Yeah, I know what you're, where you're going with this. 
Yeah, they're, you know, like their newest thing, but they're, you know, you got to pay for it where Kevin Flynn always wanted everything to be free to his users. Operating um, system. There you go. Yes. OS 12. What's new about it? The 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Sam kind of hijacks that. And while he's hijacking that and distracting them with cat videos or dog videos. It's his oh, it's dog. His, it's his dog. I'm just now realizing that as I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> um, it looks like a boomerang video. He just keeps jumping. Um, he's released that onto the, the interweb for everyone to have. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're making this announcement, the current chairman, who is no longer Alan, says, um, he looks at um, a gentleman, or he doesn't look at him yet, the camera doesn't pan to him, and he was like, you know, let's, you know, let's hear from, you know, the person who really had a hand in all of this, um, whose father really did so much for this company, or, you know, whatever, and then it's a young Dillinger, who is... Right. You know, the, he was the former CEO in the original. And then from there, when they pan over to Sam, who is in this server room, kind of hacking it so that he can, one, put it out there for free, but then also implant his video, everything's red. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's and, all connected. <laughs> Um, I mean, in this one, too, I mean, it was very much red and blue in the original. This one, it's kind of like this, like, orangish color, but then sure. cool yellow. Right, to make him stand out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we don't have to retell the entire film. Uh, you know, I could, in the form of interpretive dance, for those that are really yeah. interested Yeah, let's in start it. at the beginning. What was the first <laughs> line? <laughs> um, if this was with- Wayne's World, I've got you covered. <laughs> So this this film, you you get the scenes where you know Kevin Flynn shows up at the club trying to help his son escape and and Cora, and the next thing you know, he's losing his disc, which is like the master key to the mm-hmm. entire mainframe because the whole point is is Clue wants to get his hands on the master key. He wants to get to the portal access before it closes so that he can project himself out of this world into the real world because yep. he wants to basically take over the real world in addition to the world that he's already mastering. And so Sam and Cora and Kevin find themselves in this position where they're battling it out Um you know, with uh, Clue and what turns out to be Tron, but we don't find out until much, much later into the film. But we all suspect it just based on the fighting style because you're like, he ain't going to kill Tron. Because he they did say, uh, Kevin says one thing to his son. He goes, Clue can't create programs. Mm-hmm. He can only repurpose them. Or he can destroy them, mm-hmm. but he can't create. So you're like, why would you kill Tron, who's like one of the best fighters right. in that world? So we had a feeling Especially that if he, you can flip him. Like, I think they called him R- Rylik or something like that. Or 
Um, I don't remember. I, I just remember when the two discs come out and then everyone knew it was Tron. Right. Ah! <laughs> uh, but then, you know, fast forwarding here towards the end of the film, when you see that Kevin's basically telling his son, Sam, look, I'm sacrificing myself here so you can get Cora out of here mm-hmm. and yourself. Mm-hmm. And you've got Clue right on their tails trying mm-hmm. to get to the portal at the same time. And then he uses his spirit fingers and hits the ground, <laughs> Kevin does, to keep Clue from escaping and basically uh-huh. destroys him, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it looked like he destroyed the entire world. Yeah, because he absorbs Clue, because Clue is him. Right. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think Kevin Flynn perished in that. We don't see it. We're led to believe that he has. But I don't think he perished. I was hopeful both the first time I saw it and when I just recently watched it again, I was like really wanting him to just appear and suddenly be there like i i don't understand if he had all of this power and maybe it was the passion because he was fighting for his son and that's what unleashed it in him i just don't understand that for 20 years he's been hiding off of the grid but in the grid unable to figure out how to get cora and himself out of there and then it's like no smash and then everything explodes and Sam and Cora get to the real world which you don't really realize Cora got to the real world until he officially walks out the doors of the arcade right. to the real world not the grid um yeah it kind of like it yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not zen with Kevin <laughs> Flynn still being gone Okay. And ending in that way, I don't know. Yeah, I hope that he's really not gone and that there's another movie. I don't know what you would call it, but Tron. Okay, so three. let me let me ask you this then: on a scale of one to ten identity discs, what would <laughs> you give this particular film? Um, and then give me your your final thought. My final thought and identity disc number is going to be all smashed into one. Um, Could I live the rest of my life having never seen this movie? Both of them. Yes, absolutely. Did it change my world? No, not at all. Do I want to ride the Tron ride when it is available to me? Because I've never been on it before. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I don't even think it's in the States yet. When it comes to the States, well, I want to ride it. It's being constructed right now. Okay, yeah. Heck yeah, I'm going to ride it. And in fact, I hope, I thought of this, by the way, sorry, segue for a moment, that part of the Tron ride is when the ship at the end goes straight up and loses power and starts to drop and does all these loops I hope they incorporate that into this ride. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Even though I think the concept of the ride is supposed to be on the bikes, but whatever. Surprise me. Um, hmm. 
I am going to, for the movie itself, and again, my ability to live without it, I'm going to, I want to give it a six. However, final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Journey separate ways, just blaring when he turns everything and Flynn on. Ah, I love the soundtrack. It's phenomenal. So I'm going to give it a seven. Seven okay. identity discs. All right. Agreed. Okay. So here's my take and then final thoughts as we wrap up this particular conversation about Tron. I am going to give it seven identity discs as well. But my reasons are a little bit different. (laughs) I had some difficulty with... uh, Okay, so (laughs) we go back to the scene where hot fembot Jem Mm -hmm. and the girls are cutting off his clothes... And you then, make it sound so sexual. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're cutting him off to put on the the game gear stuff. Uh-huh. So he's wearing game gear for the vast majority of the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Then he gets out with Cora, mm-hmm. and they're in the arcade. How in the blue hell are they wearing regular clothes when they were wearing game gear? Where did they, was it just (laughs) clothes for a woman and a man just hanging around Flynn's office? Do they need to, don't put a black light in that office apparently then. There may be some problems. How, how, how are you just suddenly, magically appearing with the same type of jacket and jeans and stuff that you had cut off you in the earlier part of the film? And all of a sudden, voila, they're there. Perhaps, perhaps, because mm-hmm. the, the black attire is what they get changed into. That's what they, that's right. the suit. And then they start clipping on all of the gear pieces. Perhaps when they come back, they're just wearing those black clothes. Maybe, but you're also making an assumption that there's going to be a third one. I think that's pretty much been debunked by now. But my last part of the ending as well, Cora, we know that she's an ISO program. She was important to the world of Tron. Or and our world. The mainframe, right. She's on the back of the bike and they're traveling down whatever highway to go wherever they're going to go. I would be expecting that someone who's just program-wise come from the grid to the real world would be a lot more excited about being able to smell fresh air and to see a sun and not just kind of look around and go, oh, pretty, and then put her head, uh, face on the back of his, you know, neck while traveling. Like, I would have expected a little bit more excitement out of it but that's just me and my high expectations of that situation overall fun film recommend it especially for people who like Mm sci-fi otherwise you've been listening to the red carpet cafe Mm -hmm. Uh, again i'm eric root and i am brie prout we thank you for listening and remember that the red carpet cafe is a member 
of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network. For more information, you can find us on the web at BKRPN.com. On the next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe... Did you know, though, that realistically, that uh, memories are the time we used to share? (laughs) I was waiting for it. Because that's just the way we were. (laughs) Well, actually, that's the way we were, the movie from October 19th, 1973, starring Robert Redford and Babs, Barbara Streisand. We are going to talk about that today as one of two films because I understand that that film is near and dear to your heart.